Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special Dead Center edition of the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com. And I'm the editor-in-chief and film critic at the Cinematropolis, Caleb Masters. And today we are continuing our special Dead Center coverage with an interview with the director of uh, several projects, such as the Post-Human Project uh, and other short films, including Heroes of the Realm, uh, The Boy Tears, and most recently, the film we'll be talking about today, the Oklahoma short film, The Grave, Kyle Roberts. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Caleb. Oh, Kyle, it's always a, a pleasure talking with you. The synopsis of the, of the film, according to the Dead Center website, states that in the 1920s Oklahoma City, few men are above the law. Fortunately, crusading reporter Walter Krim stands up to those who would oppress the innocent. When Krim can't achieve his aims through the press alone, he becomes the dark avenger known as the Grave. I love that pulpy uh, vibe to that description. Kyle, can you go ahead and kick us off by telling us a little bit more about the premise of The Grave? Yeah, and this is a story written by Matt Price, uh, a character from Matt Price. One reason I was really um, attracted to this character is that, you know, set in the 1920s in Oklahoma City. And a lot of people don't really know, especially as like pop culture, uh, what Oklahoma looks like in the 20s. It was a very roaring time, like a lot of the U.S., and... There was a lot of like bootlegging and other like crime coming just just from where we like geographically where we stand uh, is kind of in the dead center, if you will, (laughs) of the the U.S. And so, you know, Bonnie and Clyde and a lot of kind of like gangsters uh, would come to town from, you know, any given night kind of thing, just kind of like where Oklahoma city is. Uh, so that's kind of the approach we took is we follow, uh, like you read Walter Krim, uh, who is a journalist, a reporter of the newspaper at the time. It's a pilot for the series, but it's not a, um, origin story by any means. Uh, so we kind of catch up with, with him, uh, a little, little bit post world war one. Uh, and at the time, you know, that's called shell shock. Uh, so it's kind of like what we can imagine like PTSD and he's just going through a lot as a character. And so again, that's something that I was very interested in the story and this character, this time you, you've tackled, you know, a lot of different genres. Uh, I mean, you had, here's the realm was kind of like your video game movie. You had the post human project, which was, uh, you know, a superhero film. And this is more like a noir mobster film so it sounds like the history of oklahoma city was a big selling point for you yeah absolutely and um i don't know if you're familiar with steve lackmeyer but he has written several books about oklahoma's history especially in the 20s and 30s and so we use him as a kind kind of our historian um for a lot of like news and information rate information and resources for clothing and just a lot a lot of um information there so that was a huge help you know to try to get something historically accurate or as accurate as we can um but you know it's still a superhero movie so we have some room to play there it sounds like uh, a lot more rooted in history than I even realized, but also, especially if you're looking at the aesthetic of the film, it's very stylized, something like you might see with uh, maybe The Spirit or uh, Sin City, or at least that's kind of the vibes I get off of it. So were there were those some of the inspirations that you draw from like, you know, some of those very visual films uh, yeah. as well? A little bit, uh, especially in our in our early kind of Kickstarter days and doing some different like photo shoots and stuff. Um, but the actual style we went with is more of like a Daredevil. Uh, it's a little bit like grittier. So most of our stuff, as you're familiar with, is is a lot of um, 
visual effects and like compositing and other things. Uh, besides a few like sky replacement stuff, uh, every single thing from this film is in camera. So it very much has more of like a, I don't know, like Ninja Turtles or Daredevil as far as like in camera effects uh, and almost like a grittier tone that, to it than like say a Sin City. And one, we didn't have enough money to do that. <laughs> but also, uh, you know, that's just, it's just a whole other kind of comic booky style. We wanted to have something more like real. I, I'm just kind of blown away by the the Oklahoma history, you know, knowing that there was a lot of activity here. Mm-hmm. How did you go about identifying locations? Was there anything that it sounds like most of your filming was done on location? Did you have a historian kind of help you identify some spots or is that something you guys had to build sets for? Yeah, we did a little bit. A lot of it, like the location, just scouting and um, locking down those days was really hard. We only had three and a half days to shoot the whole pilot uh, just from our budget. Uh, So, you know, when you're doing that, you're kind of figuring out, you know, one, it has to look great and like fit a 1920s vibe. <laughs> uh, but also we had to find places that were like willing to work with us on budget and scheduling. And it's like every, all the things that make it really hard <laughs> to right. find locations together. But uh, we found some really great spots downtown. And then we, we shot at the Martini Lounge uh, in Edmond, uh, which was also a great location that we have, have a fight scene in there too uh, with Stephen Goodman and Rhett Terrell. Yeah, well, you were mentioning the, the, the cast here. I, you know, looking at this film, uh, it's kind of like there, there's a lot of who's who's of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma film scene. Uh, it looks like I mean, you've got Jacob Snowville, you've got Stephen Goodman. Um, like, how did you guys? Uh, did you? Is it? It seems like for some of these people, you might have even written the roles for them. Is it? Was this something that you you kind of custom tailored to this cast, or did you have to to go through a pretty thorough uh, casting? Prep? Yeah, that's a great question. And the short answer is it's kind of all of the above. <laughs> uh, we wrote this film. Um, uh, Matt already had this character, but then we like wrote the film like specifically for Rhett. Uh, Rhett has uh, we've done I don't know four movies with him now, uh, so it would be the fourth one. And he is such a great actor, uh, and so we kind of like wrote this part, this like kind of modified Krim like directly to him, uh, which is great. Uh, he did he does a great job in the movie. But then of course Stephen Goodman, we've worked with him a few times. Uh, have not worked with Adam Hampton yet, uh, but this was a great opportunity to work with him. Jacob Snowville, uh, we, actually, we had someone else that uh, was cast for his role. Uh, and like that day, they, they had a family emergency and couldn't show up. And again, we only had like three and a half days of shoot. So like that morning, we called him and was like, uh, do you want to do this? And he crushed it. <laughs> uh, so he showed up on set. He's kind of like this almost Joker-esque. His, his the character's name is Torch. And he's kind of sadistic and crazy and uh, likes to set things on fire, of course, with a name like Torch. <laughs> uh, but he's kind of a goon of of kind of the mastermind um, played by Adam Hampton's character. Alyssa, you know, we've also worked with this, our, our third film with her, uh, and she does a great job in it. She kind of plays like a film fatale uh, kind of character, singer uh, of that time. And then Colin Place is... Uh, I don't want to give away too much, but he's a big part of Walter Krim, played by Rhett Terrell's past uh, in the movie. Uh, and he does a great job as well. And, and as you know, like especially independent films, if you have really great actors, uh, that, that can be a major difference in separating it from other you know, independent projects. And, and, and that's definitely a thing that's always going to shine in this in this project. Yeah. Uh, was this, uh, I mean, I, it was funny. I saw a lot of behind, as this film was in production, I saw a lot of clips from the, from the set. Was there a, a lot of fight choreography that went into this or, or rather, how would you say the fight choreography in this compared to your past films? 
Yeah. So in, in our other films, uh, besides Post-Human Project, like, you know, it's 48 hour stuff for the short. So we're like trying to come up with it the day of. In uh, this, we had a little more time. John Bielich was our fight choreographer. He did a great job um, there. And, and yeah, I'm really proud of how the fight scenes cut together. Very cool. Um, so uh, one of the thing too, I, I'm curious about, so obviously you had the post-human project where you were very specifically dealing with like teenage superheroes and the grave seems like it's definitely a lot, a little more adult. And you've already mentioned some of the themes that drew you to the film. How would you compare the experiences uh, between making a film that's more focused on teenagers versus adults, both superheroes? Oh, it's interesting. Um, I mean, the post-human thing, I'm going to love all day, every day. And that was kind of my baby from the very beginning. And this one is, is more of Matt's baby that I helped uh, bring to life. Uh, so it's his story. It was darker. And that's one thing that kind of drew me to it to try to, to kind of stretch me as a director because most things I, I do are like uh, I do the funky feel good thing really well. <laughs> Uh, and so, for example, trolls uh, that we're working on right now is, is very much up my alley. Uh, something that I know how to do from the day one to, to like when we – you know, hit export. Uh, right, right. And for those of you out there who might not be familiar, you're working on a, a Trolls uh, short films uh, web series for, for his DreamWorks, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we've been working on that for the last six months. Uh, we're kind of getting into the somewhat final stages, but yeah, it's like this stop motion web series uh, for DreamWorks. Uh, so kind of taking on the mantle uh, of Mike Mitchell for a while <laughs> uh, before Trolls 2. Yeah, but so you, but so yeah, you're used to you're normally doing things that are a little more, a little happier, less less dark and gritty. Exactly. <laughs> um, it, it isn't like too dark. It's not like super scary, uh, but it's issues again, like kind of like PTSD kind of stuff, shell shock, shock stuff that I don't ever like get into. Uh, so it was really interesting for me um, to really kind of tackle that um, with our actors. Uh, that all did a great job. One thing I noticed when you know researching this film is it's it's been one that you've been wanting to trying to make for a long time. So I look <laughs> yeah. back at your history. I was like, I saw there was a, a 2015 Kickstarter. Yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the history of uh, how this got made. Yeah, so uh, we've kind of had the idea for this um, just a little bit after Post Human Project, and it's just taken a long time um, to raise the funds for, it, especially for a short or for a pilot, um, and especially being a period piece thing too. You know, we we knew we, we needed to have X amount of money just to even try to accomplish it. Um, but yeah, so we tried a, a Kickstarter campaign, and it worked pretty well. I think I think we raised close to three fourths, if I'm remember right. Right, and it was a pretty. It was a pretty. I think it was about fifty thousand. Uh, was the was the goal? I think right. Okay, but I mean, it was it was a very ambitious goal, though. I mean, um, so it was. I mean, the fact that you got you you got pretty close to the way there was very impressive. I'm sure, as all your listeners know, like with Kickstarter, it's all or nothing game. Um, and and you know we just didn't get it. So that's actually it's the first projects I've done that's like like didn't work. And so it was really it's kind of depressing, you know. Like we were like, I don't know, is this worth it? Are we doing the right thing? <laughs> you know, we just started thinking as creatives, we just started thinking about all these all these things. Uh, and so we just kind of took a step back a little bit, and then we ended up doing another uh, crowdfunding uh, campaign just straight up on my website. Um, so I have a Squarespace, I use Squarespace for my website, uh, and are able to take you know, credit cards and donations and all that kind of stuff there. Uh, so we raised the money there. Uh, we didn't raise anywhere near what we thought we would raise or even got to the point on Kickstarter. Uh, but it was enough to like, we kind of reworked the script and we worked what we were doing. It's like, we can accomplish this in three and a half days. 
uh, and we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, I mean, it sounds like, uh, I mean, you had some positive takeaways. I mean, even though it took some time to get that, they get that funding in place, you're able to rework the budget, uh, and ultimately you're still getting to t- tell, you know, the story you want to tell, right? Yeah. And, and the good thing, like if you raise it on your website, your own, your own website or your own platform, you know, of course you don't have to give say Indiegogo or Kickstarter a percentage of that. And, and with, with the person, even the small percentage we're looking at, you know, that ends up being quite a bit of money uh, that you're giving to them to essentially host, which if you're finding people like all over the world or whatever, then that's great. But if it's kind of your own somewhat fan base or your, or your, or your cast and your crew, you know, family and friends and all that kind of good stuff, uh, why not just do it on your own website and get to keep all of the money versus giving them like 6% or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. And I mean, it just goes to show that like, uh, you know, the homegrown crowdsourcing is, can be just as effective as going to those big, you know, more, more well-established, uh, brands. Yeah. It just stretches every, everyone who's donating to it and really want to see it get made. It stretches every dollar that much further. I'm really excited to see this film. Uh, I, I know it's going to be playing at Dead Center this weekend. Can you tell us uh, when our listeners can make it out to the theater to see it? Yeah, it's going to be in the Oki Mediums uh, block. I think there's three films in it. Um, it's going to be Saturday at 2 p.m. and Sunday at 1 p.m. at Harkins. Uh, listeners out there, make sure absolutely don't miss your chance to catch The Grave on the on the big screen. Now, I think you said that there was some other cool news about The Grave you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, uh, our film, The Grave, got into San Diego Comic-Con. What? Whoa, 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 congratulations. Like like the San Diego, like the biggest Comic-Con. Yep, super, <laughs> super geeky, super nerdy, super awesome. Uh, this will be the fourth project that I've had, I've got the chance to direct, uh, to be at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, and we already have a big crew um, going out for it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So, folks, it uh, sounds like you might, you know, absolutely make it out to Dead Center this weekend if uh, to check it out, especially if you're local here in Oklahoma. Uh, but uh, you know, outside of Oklahoma, it sounds like you might have chances in the future, uh, at least at Comic Con. So keep your eyes peeled for that on the Comic Con schedule for real. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Kyle, thanks so much for uh, taking time to talk with us tonight. Um, just before you go, is there anywhere like on social media or anywhere folks can keep up with you online if they want to see uh, your future projects as well? Yeah, we have uh, Reckless Abandonment Pictures uh, has a Facebook page. Uh, so I just kind of looked that up and we always posting, you know, what we're working on. Excellent. I'll go ahead and make sure that'll be uh, linked in the show notes. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks for chatting with us today. Thanks, Caleb. If you're at home and listening, make sure to stay tuned to thecinematropolis.com for even more Dead Center coverage, including filmmaker interviews, film reviews, and more. You can check out the website or follow us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Cinematropolis or on Twitter and Instagram at The Cinematrop. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special Dead Center edition of the podcast, and we'll catch you back on The Cinematic Schematic again with more interviews next time.